Welcome to the Commander-in-Chief Podcast. I'm Yuri Kruman, founder and CEO of Commander-in-Chief Media Group, award-winning chief people officer and keynote speaker, author of five books, Fortune 500 consultant and corporate trainer, and contributor to Fast Company, Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Newsweek. Our mission at Commander-in-Chief Media is to help 100 million people around the world in the next 10 years to do their life's best work in the here and now through storytelling, educational media, thought leadership, HR consulting, corporate training, coaching, speaking, and authentic high-quality writing, helping people become their own Commanders-in-Chief. Now, if you're interested in being a guest on the Commander-in-Chief podcast, stick around until the end of the show. We will share with you what we're looking for and how to apply. Hey guys, this is Yuri Kruman, the host of Commander-in-Chief Podcast. So every week we talk to very, very interesting people from all kinds of different fields. This is the first time that on this podcast we have someone who gets HR, someone who did HR for a long time. But that's that's not really the, that's not the juiciest part of the story. That's just one element of what we're going to talk about. I'm thrilled to welcome to our show today, Robin Wiener of Get Real Health. Robin, welcome. It's great to have you. It's fantastic to be here today. I'm, I'm really excited about this podcast and, and the view and uh, thinking about my, my, my road to where I am right now. So let's start from the top. Just tell us in your own words a bit about your story, you know, where you started, how you got where you are today, and then we'll go from there. Absolutely. So um, I'm going to start from when I was young all the way to where I am now. So back, I grew up in Connecticut, um, and uh, one of four children with some pretty fantastic parents. And back in that day, I had a speech problem. I wasn't achieving as well as my brothers and sisters. Um, so in back in the, the 1970s, I'm dating myself a bit. Um, they would just said, you know what? We'll just put it in a corner and you know whatever, you know that kind of thing. And thank God I had a mother who said, oh no no, no no no. She's smart. She's something. So back then, they really didn't understand any of the learning disabilities, dyslexia, um, executive functioning. They didn't understand any of that. So I had this tough mom who said, I'm going to figure this out and got went out and found a book that says why Johnny can't read. And from there, she figured out what I what my problem was and got me to at that time. Nobody even knew what this was, but she got me into uh, the Children's Hospital in Connecticut. And through that, they were, she was able to die. But they told me that maybe, you know, maybe you could, um, she can find a nice husband and, and be a nice housewife. Typical 1970s, right? I mean, th that's what it is. So, um, so going through all the years, I had a hard time in school. There's no question. It was not an easy thing. And, and back then, they would put you in their classroom, not where you had one-on-one -on -one with a teacher to figure out your disability. They put you in with the emotionally disturbed kids, too. So I would be in a classroom with kids who were drumming out windows and stuff. So I would just sit and read my books and just kind of stayed my own thing. But at the same time, because I had a speech problem and I uh, couldn't, my parents wanted me to communicate better. They got me into musical theater because you have to learn to speak with, it, you know, to open those words, to diction. And we happened to, I happened to be able to sing a little bit too. So. My parents said, you know what, we're putting all four children into musical theater. So I didn't feel like I was 
something different. And boy, that was a changing moment in my life. Gave me confidence, gave me the fit to be able to say, I can do this. Along with that, I got into school politics. So I, in middle school, I ended up being the class president for middle school and ended up having to get up on stage. This is a kid that couldn't speak, couldn't pronounce. My parents sent me to UConn, University of Connecticut for speech. And they encouraged me enough, and my brothers and sisters too, encouraged me enough that I ended up speaking at the graduation with about a thousand people in front of me and got up there and I did it. And then I was a class president in high school too, did musical theater. So they said, well, you know, again, she'd probably find a nice little husband. Um, and then University of Connecticut called and guess what? I got into college. So there you go. So, you know, for anybody who feels that from the day one, you were being pushed down and telling you couldn't do it, you just tell them, you just got to keep on going forward. And you keep on saying, I can do it. And you, you surround yourself with people that are always going to say, you know what, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And that was my best friend, Debbie, this is my, my parents, my brothers and sisters, and et cetera, and really get to that point. So my career begins. I do a lot of retail, in retail management. Uh, go to UConn. Didn't, again, hard for me to, to get out of college. I didn't actually graduate, but I learned a lot. But within retail, and this is where the HR stuff comes in, Yuri, um, retail's hard. And if anybody works, you, you think you have a hard job today? Oh, go work in a store or, or, or wait tables. Yeah, that's real work, right? You don't think twice. The first job job I got in an office, ten o'clock. I was in the office. People, why aren't you going home? I'm like, oh, you can go home now, like because I was ready. I'm just ready to work at nine, ten o'clock, right? Because that's kind of what you did, right? <laughs> um, so, but finally, I was like, you know, maybe a career change. And this is where the HR. I kind of sat down, and this is something I would suggest to everybody when you're thinking about what do I want to do next. I took a, a, somebody, a friend of mine said, take a notebook, say everything you love to do, say everything you hate to do. So I wrote all the stuff I, I loved recruiting. I loved hiring. I loved training. I loved all those kind of things. And I said, well, that's great, but what kind of job? And it, it was a recruiter. And that's where I got into HR. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, there's a lot of bumps and rolls and all that kind of good stuff in there. But again, just putting one foot in front of another is really what it's all about. And that's been my my life philosophy from the age of seven years old all the way through. You know what? Just knock those walls down. There's a old Boy Scout song that is all about you can't go through, you can't go around it, going on a bear hunt. And that is really what it's all about is keep pushing, keep pushing and keep So that's the beginning of how I got into HR. Um, you want me to keep on going or? Let's let's take a pause. I want to take a yeah. few important threads from what you've told us. So, number one, um, hero's journey. Yeah, okay, you can read about that. That's fine. But what I found from a lot of these interviews is that there's there's always some kind of moment where a person is held back. We're talking about entrepreneurs, right? We have entrepreneurs on here, people that have faced crazy odds. You know, they've had to do things they could never have imagined and Pretty much everyone else would be like, just get a day job. Right? So a lot of the time you have an origin story, you know, my, mine included as well. I mean, there's a whole whole bunch there as well. Right. So there's some way in which you're held back almost like a like a slingshot, right? And you're held back and you're held back and you're held, and you're just like, I, I can't, I can't anymore. But then 
you get you get a moment where you get a chance to do something and you you launch yourself so far that it's first of all nobody expected it number two you probably didn't expect it but you were ready because you've been you've been stretching just give me a chance right so it's it's a very very common story i mean dyslexia right dyslexia is if anything incredibly prevalent among successful entrepreneurs because they had to not just adapt, they had to overcompensate. Mm -hmm. And so there's there's a whole bunch of other habits that grow out of it. There's a certain determination, like, okay, everyone is, you know, crapping on me or telling me that I'm no good. I'm going to show those bastards, right? Absolutely. And that's that drives a person to such a degree that, you know, you just you give them like, give them a tiny opening and they run through it and they run for, you know, hundreds of miles. So that's, that's, I think, actually pretty typical for, for a lot of entrepreneurs, not for all, right? Some really had a smoother path. Like you talk about uh, Mitt Romney, I always use this example, right? Uh, he went to work for Bain. And then, you know, there was this thing where like, oh, there's some money lying around, let's start Bain Capital. Okay, what a huge risk you took, Mitt. <laughs> yeah, you already had money in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. So nothing against Mitt Romney, you know, he's, he's a, he's a worthy dude, but just saying like there, there are risks and there are risks, right? There's uh, let's say if you come from the inner city, you come from a poor background, I don't know, single parent family, you're an immigrant. I mean, you don't have to go through all that. You can just, you know, deal with dyslexia. You could deal with, you know, somebody just says, Hey, you're no good. Who are you? Like just go in a corner. Right. So I, I want to take a moment to, to salute you because again, there's so many, so many people, and I would say in particular women, and I'm, I'm saying this, you know, looking at my mom, what she went through in Soviet Russia, went through all kinds of crazy sexism and ageism and God knows how many isms and schisms, right? On the way to building a career despite all that, despite being not a political animal, just being a great scientist. So I just, again, I want to acknowledge that because I think it's very, very important to, to bring that out. It's, it's, this has to be part of the conversation. It can't just be rah, 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 funding round, rah, 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 you know, IPO. The conversation has to talk about the difficult things, the difficult parts. So let's, let's continue to how you got from HR to. Absolutely. And I, I think you bring a big point is all this, the, it's what you, you have and you, that builds you enough to be able to get through the tough times at the end. Or as you tort, as you're going into that entrepreneur world, and it is a, it is a lot about who you surround yourself with. In, you know, when you have a disability, you need to make sure you understand that disability, and they make sure you like. I'm not a very good writer, you know. Those kind. Of, I always have a great copywriter. I always have somebody to support me, and those are the kind of things you learn as you go. So I get into HR, and um, the way I got into technology, um, just technology in general, was. In HR, I eventually was a recruiter for a technology company, right? So that kind of introduced me to what that was and what it what it was. And then I got recruited into a true technology company. And it's called US Web. And um, that was during the dot-com world. And we talked about hiring. Oh, my gosh. During the dot-com world, it was a crazy time to try to hire. And um, I like a good old challenge. So I was... I was hiring 200 people a year. I mean, I just loved getting out there talking and, 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 and really going after it. So that is where it got me in that technology world and starting to understand all this different technology and, and why and uh, really understanding even back there, the internet was just really getting started. 
websites were getting started. It was just, it was a really cool time, really fun, got involved with Microsoft. Um, so that's where I got into that technology, but like all good things, things come to an end and the dot-com crashed, right? So now here we're sitting, I was the director of HR then, by that time I was director of HR. And um, for a really cool entrepreneurish um, group with Inside US Web and all of a sudden we were bought by another company out of um, Chicago and became what's called the March 1st, one of the worst PR, talk about PR, talk about um, uh, going out with it. If you ever got to read a good story about what could fail, look up March 1st. Um, but nevertheless, we ended up having to figure out, you know, it was a huge layoff during my, of all things, I went on um, my honeymoon and the corporate came in and laid off half of my employees behind my back. And you come back and it's just devastation, you know, just devastation of all. So what are you going to do, right? What's, what's the next step? So we hung out for a little while and three of us decided, you know what, we can do this better. We can do it. We'll bootstrap it. We're going to go out. We're not going to give these big investors. We you know. So my partners, and they're still my partners now, 21 years later, Mark Heaney, Jason Harmon, and myself, mm -hmm. we kind of met and we said, you know what, we're going to start our own organization. I'm going to bring the people piece in, right? Because people and sales. I love talking to people. I love getting out there and like making the deals, I like doing all those kind of things. Jason is a, uh, a phenomenal solution architect. I mean, you throw him a problem, he's going to build the solution for you. And Mark at that time was really, um, had the business sense, but also had the engineering on the network side. So you, you kind of see the, the layers of, of doing it. And starting a company with three partners can be kind of interesting because that is challenging. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, it's hard because how you, how are you balancing that out? But it was back in the days. I mean, uh, it was in uh, 2001 and uh, think about that year. So we started just at our, at our homes, started to get out there and um, starting to just to start to do business. I was married and pregnant at the time. So um, that, that uh, you know, uh, it was a very interesting time. And again, on the other side of it, September 11th happened that year too. So here I am pregnant, September 11th, and we're trying to start a business. So, you know, we're going to talk, talk about, wow, this is going to be difficult, right? This is going to be. Time to get real. You know, yeah. And, and, and we, we did the worst marketing job in the whole wide world, and we called ourselves INET experts, right? Mm -hmm. And which you can spell. It didn't mean anything, but we thought we were clever. Um, back, back in the day, we thought we were so clever. So, um, and that was the, kind of the, the thing back there. So how do you restart that? What do you, you figure? And we just, again, just put our, we got through all of it. We had a couple of good clients and we did a lot of professional services and just tried to get out there, do some sales. Um, recruited a guy that used to work with us at US Web who moved to India, started to get some developers, started to kind of put together the framework of what would eventually would have come to be Get Real Health. So um I'm not sure if you want to take a break here or you want me to just continue on. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. All right. So, so one of the biggest things I think as an entrepreneur, you need to start to look around and um, 
and say, what resources can I get? How can I help? We happen to be in uh, Montgomery County, uh, Maryland, which in Maryland is a very um, business-focused um, state uh, and very much about promoting entrepreneurs and, and those pieces, right? So we looked around and said, hey, what kind of programs are out there? And just happened to be in Montgomery County, they did an incubator program. So for a little bit of money, you could go into this one room in a building with we had one room, all of us in one room. And but they gave you resources. They gave you um, legal aid from um, University of Maryland. They gave us um, business. They were there to support us and and help us through, <clears throat> and basically mentor us as we're starting this business, and and helping us through that. Along with that, as we started doing that, we still had our deep relationship with Microsoft. We had done a lot of work with Microsoft over the years at US Web. Mark, um, my partner Mark Heaney, actually used to go out there every other week and be on campus and, at Microsoft. So we still had that fantastic partnership that we got to know them really, really well. And that was um, probably one of the best things we could have ever had is to continue. And it wasn't one of these crazy partners, you know, you signed up on the website and you became a partner. We actually had friends that worked at Microsoft and um, really, knew us, knew who we were, and knew what we could do together. So, you know, fast forward a year or two later, and we're still doing, you know, just, uh, we actually came up with, uh, before we had um, really voice over IP, um, we came up with our own, before we had um, I'm thinking, uh, all these different tools, we had our own little tool that, that was ready to go, and then we got beat out by a big company. So. You go up, you think you got something great, and then you get knocked down. You know, we did a big press release, and the day later, um, uh, it came out. This other company came out and just squashed us. So, again, everything you think you're going, ah, oh, and then down you go. Ah, oh, so let's, let's talk about that. Okay, so yeah. this company comes and tries to knock you out. What, how did you react? What, what did you do next? The next thing we did, we had to pivot. We had to pivot fast. Because we still have to do business. So we still had the professional services going. Yep. So we pivoted quickly. Um, again, all the guys we worked with at US Web um, had started their own company too. So we, you know, we still had a great relationship with them. So when one door closes, you better open like 14 other windows, right? Because you don't know which one is going to give you the fresh air. You just don't. So we immediately reached out to a good friend of ours, Alex Hawkinson who went ran something called Mural Consulting and said, hey, what else is going on over there? You know, these guys, we've all worked together for a long, long time. And we started a, couple, a company with them and did the development for them, mm -hmm. which kept us alive for a really long time because it was just a consistent money coming in. Now, was it our dream? But that time we were a professional services company. You know, we're paying the bills. We're doing okay. I had, I had a uh, one or two year old, right? So um, we were, we were, yeah, yeah we, were, we got a lot going on here. And um, so, you know, we really started to figure out, okay, what can we do? How can we do it? So while that was happening, being in the incubator, um, actually before that, going to conferences in Montgomery County, we ran into another person who wanted to start something. And uh, with that, she wanted to build a health application. So this is where we kind of start to filter into the health, right? So we ended up talking to her and um, Mary Mosslander, and we ended up talking with her. And then we talked, really brought her into this whole incubator world and ended up doing the development for her and getting her very involved. 
Mural, the guys at Mural came in, they helped consult with us. So we're all kind of back together again in a way, helping this small company. And as we're as they're growing, they got we introduced them to Microsoft. And with Microsoft, they had just started something called Health Vault. Mm -hmm. And Health Vault is for people who don't know, was the first, let me tell you the backstory of Health Vault and why we got so excited about it. You know, we've been doing all, making all these websites and doing all the development and, and et cetera, but we always had this mission in the back of our minds, like wouldn't it be cool to take technology and do something for the good? Like do something that meant something. We can build all kinds of little things, whatever, but wouldn't it be kind of fun and, and make this job a lot better if we were actually doing something that, um, meant something. So uh, HealthVault was having this big conference downtown, Microsoft was, and my partner Marquini went down to listen to it. And the story goes, and this is a guy, Sean Nolan, who's still a phenomenal good friend of ours. Sean Nolan gets up there and he is a distinguished engineer for Microsoft, which is one a very hard thing to do. Yuri probably knows this, to be able to get that distinction. But he's a really cool guy. And he gets up and he talks about that he's watching television during uh, when Katrina hit in um, New Orleans yep. and we watch on television and all of a sudden all these people are showing up at in Houston or Dallas that are sick but they have no records at that time your house got flooded so anything you had in your house got flooded you lost your medicine you lost your records everything all right I'll just call the doctor's office well the doctor's office same thing happened to them everything went I'll just call the I'll just call the um, the hospital because you know their servers and all that well back then the servers were in the basement right mm. the servers blew i mean they were gone so you're showing up at the at the at a hospital going this is a pink pill i don't know what the pink pill is for but i know i need to take it mm. or i've got cancer but i don't know where i am in the regimen and that was the aha moment for sean he said wait a second we've got to build a database mm. that you can put all this information into and take with you to wherever you're going. If you have a phone, that's great. But if not, you can log on to whatever computer system you're at and pull that information. So that was a health record. Right. That's that is for that. You want to be. So that was a changing moment. That was mm -hmm. that moment in time in your career. You go whole whole wait a second. This is what I want to do. This makes sense to us um, at the time um, at well, Mark, uh, our partner. Jason happens to be a type one diabetic and he as a diabetic was like, Oh my yeah, yeah, this, we got to have this, right. You know, if something happens, somebody needs to know what insulin level I'm on. You know, um, I have a heart condition. People should know what's going on. So at that time, and, and so this was where we really said, we're going to make a change. Right. So we immediately connected this small company here to Healthball, and we did the connection. Well, Microsoft said, Hey, you guys are, really good technologists that that connection is great can we introduce you to to these other companies so we started doing a little bit actually um fitbit was one of our we worked with fitbit when fitbit was five people um those five people did pretty well in life um so uh yeah um so that was a changing moment but at the same time you know and again this is a change agent of something what, what happens right mm -hmm. so we've been working with these guys building their software um at Mural, and at the time they decided that we were too expensive and they asked us to go really low price and we said we're not going to do that 
we're not going to do it. So I'll never forget driving back into, and by that time we had graduated to the incubator, we're actually in the building we're in now in, in Rockville, Maryland. Um, and I remember saying, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And I said, something's going to change. Something's going to help. And we literally sat around, we're sitting around, funny enough, the same table I'm at right now, um, sitting on the table and we said, what are we going to do? We're going to really have to pivot. And the phone rings and it's American Heart Association. And they said, Microsoft just called us and said, we need a patient portal. And they think you guys can build it for us. Talk about, you know, you, you work hard, you, you can do all things. But when you look up and you say, somebody up above me just said, let's get these guys a break. Let's help them. Great. This is, this is beautiful. It's exactly why I love when, when guests tell stories like that, because you always get to a moment and you're like, so let's let's kind of take take a few things from what you've told us. Mm -hmm. Very interesting journey, right? So in business, sometimes you have to reduce things to the simplest, the simplest and the extreme, right? So here, again, if we if we look, <laughs> if we compress that story into a couple sentences, what is there? Basically, do something really, really well so that you're the go-to person for that. It might not be your ideal product, service, client, whatever, but it brings you consistent revenue. And you always have to have the hunger to continue looking. It's not just for something better, but for something that's well aligned. And sometimes you don't always know what that is. It's like, you know, very few people are uh, born knowing, hey, you know what? I want to be a scientist. I want to cure cancer. The vast majority of us don't figure that out well into our career. We are where we're going, how our current situation is helping us get there, right? That's kind of like, maybe you're lucky enough, you have a thing, oh, well, let me hire a coach, right? So a lot of people have come and done that with me, for example, or one of tens of thousands of coaches. So there's, there's basically this idea that do something well, even if you don't love it that much, do your best to get out there, talk to people, see how you can help them solve their problems. And then see what is the main theme of those problems and what exactly you're helping them to fix. Then you can think about, okay, can I build software around that? Can I provide professional services around that? What can I do to reduce the amount of, um, of work that I can do? What can I deliver that's a product? And then eventually, okay, maybe you have software, maybe it's working well, it's bringing you some consistent revenue, but you're always on the lookout. And then you get moments like that, right? When there is a Microsoft, there is a health vault, there's an aha moment, ah, PHR, right? And that, that helps you to clear out all the junk that's been clouding your vision. And you're like, ah, that's it. Absolutely. You can go all in, right? And even, even if it seems like a big risk and maybe you're giving up some kind of significant revenue from something that's a bad fit, you're focused on it, your energy is renewed and you're, you're really in it. And that, that kind of hunger, that reinvention is really critical to running a successful business. And especially in the current environment where innovation cycles are dramatically shorter, right? Competition is much harder to, to deal with. You know, starting a business is very easy. There's so many, so many startups constantly eating away at pretty much everything with, you know, AI on the one side, <laughs> something else on the other. There's, you know, massive amounts of funding flowing through the ecosystem. So I just kind of want to bring focus to that. I think it's very important. It's not just like, oh, uh, here I was, you know, uh, drawn back and, and in the slingshot. It's not a one-time thing. It's it tends to be a constant, constant sinusoidal well, process. 
And it's funny, the way you just said that, it's really, I have a 19 year old Mm -hmm. and he graduated in 2020, right? Mm -hmm. These kids are having a hard time of it right now. And he can't figure out what he wants to do. And I finally sat him down and he's stressing out about it. The, you know, the, the, they were just, they don't know. So, buddy, it's a journey. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yes. You will figure it out. And he's a super bright guy. And he's got some of the same problems that I had when I was younger. But he'll work through them. But it's a journey. It's a marathon. Don't beat yourself up. You don't have all the answers at age 19. Mm-hmm. At age 19, I was looking at like I was able to, you know, put gas in my car. So, you know, don't don't beat yourself up. But that leads right into the next part of the story, right? Mm-hmm. That we're talking about here. It really does, because so we American Heart Association calls us. So we build professionally, servicely, built them a patient portal. Mm-hmm. We get it done exactly to what the specs they want. And they go, oh, but we like it in Spanish. Oh, my God. Like, we have to go back and re-engineer this whole thing. At the same time, they call their friends at American um, um, Cancer Society, and we're building one over there, a patient portal for them, too. So now we're like, we've got this little thing going on. But what we're realizing is, boy, we're building almost exactly the same thing that we're building over here. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Is there a product here? Yeah. And, of course, Marquini, who's my partner, has this way of taking these things and this envisioning and figuring out what that could be, right? And then he kind of envisions it, and then he goes, Jason, is this possible? And Jason goes, ah, I know what we can do. So we used to do, back in the day when SharePoint was kind of the new modular kind of way of doing things, um, I uh, I looked at it, and we looked at it and said, you know what, instead of building just this model, like a um, uh, portal, right, or a website portal, whatever, what if we build something that can be flexible, that we can take pieces and build what we need? And why don't we build it so you can have it in any language? Because we just learned. It's a pain in the butt to go back and try to do it in Spanish, right? So this is where our product Instant PHR came from, right? So we sat back and said, okay, and then because we have two great friends at Microsoft, we're like, we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. First, we did SharePoint, and then we went to, to, to .NET. And basically, what we called our widgets, or it's little web parts, right, yep. is we've got 200 web parts with a content management system on the back end that you can create any health application you would want. So when you looked at what we were building for AHA, American Heart Association, American Cancer Society, guess what? 90% of the same pieces were there but they wanted a little different. They wanted to set up a little different. And that was the beginning of our real career. This is the beginning of, at that time we changed our name from mine to experts because nobody could understand it. We had changed it already to get real consulting um, a little bit. And then we said, wait a second, if we're really gonna buy into this health world, yep. we're gonna buy into health world. Um, and that's where we came to get real health. And the reason we went to get real, to be honest with you guys, is we're back in the 19, you know, early 200, uh, 2000s. I mean, everybody had the funky, cool, little, cool name you came up with. We got so sick of it, we just wanted to get real. So that's what Get Real Consulting and Get Real Health came. We're just like, and their names, they're words that we can all spell. So <laughs> another side of it, it was, let's make sure it's spelling. So that was the change agent of us starting from a professional services company to a product company. And that was where it got quite the interesting road. 
because of the Microsoft side of it, they we went and said, hey, this is what we're thinking, Sean Nolan. What do you think? And he and I never forget we're at an event and we're out, everybody's supposed to be out there talking to one another and upselling. And Sean Nolan and Jason Harmon, my, my engineer, are over in a corner redesigning things. Like literally, they're supposed to be out there being, you know, but if any of you guys, anybody that's worked with engineers, you think they're supposed to be, they're going to avoid talking to other people at any moment in time. <laughs> and you know that in the HR world, right? You know when you have an interview with a, an engineer, you're not having the talky interview that we would have. Um, it's just their personality. It's who they are. Um, and that's kind of where, where this whole, the next 10 years takes us to where we are now. And I know we're running out of time here. So I can just kind of roll it quickly that we've taken this, mm -hmm. we've grown it, we've made it an international company that flew our friends at Microsoft and et cetera. We are now rolled out to over 2 million people using this platform. We changed our health vault. Microsoft came to us and said, can you build something different? It's called CH Base because they got out of that business. And now we are over, we're in Canada. We're in um, the UAE. We are in um, Europe and we're down in New Zealand and Australia. And we've got, by the end of this year, we'll have 4 million people using our product as their um, patient portal, connecting not only one EMR, but multiple EMRs into it. It's called the digital front door where you can do your um, scheduling, you can do your, you schedule your appointments, you can pay your bills, you will see all your results from both your hospital and doctor's office. And our big tagline is see your patient like you've never seen him before, pulling all that data into one place and having graphs and et cetera people to see so i know we've kind of like jumped but that's where we are now mm -hmm. and lots of ups and downs and then two years ago i took this company i built with mark and jason and we sold it to a company called cpsi which was negotiation people skills but we sold it to them because guess what we liked them and make sure if you want to if you're going to sell make them sure you're selling to somebody you want to work with for a few years or more right because they'll, they'll force you by contract anyway. <laughs> they do a, a, a little bit. But to be honest with you, we had different offers at that moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, we decided to go with a lower offer to the guys that we really thought were going to take our vision and do something with them and let us do our thing. And they let us do our thing. And that's, you know, Boyd Douglas, um, uh, David Dye and Chris Fowler are the, the executives over there. And you can't get better supporters than those three guys. And you know what? We like them. And that's hard to say when you sell a company that you like the other management team and that buys you. And these guys at CPSI are class guys. You've taken us full circle, Robin. Thank you very much. It's a, it's a beautiful journey. I wish you tremendous success to continue. Before you go, though, tell us if you can, give us some wisdom from uh, your life philosophy, right? You know, you've You've been through a lot of different things in life. And of course, on this podcast, we talk about those four conversations that I mentioned uh, before we hit record. Right. Health and wellness, mental models and life skills, dealing with other people, and uh, conversation with God or the universe. What so in health, yeah, in health and wellness, just remember to take care of yourself. Take the moment. We all have families. We have children, you know, children with things and all these people. And you get stressed out. And it's hard. I've had a hard time actually doing this. 
but I'm really at this moment in my life is really saying, wait a second, make sure I do some self-care mm-hmm. and make sure I'm, I'm taking care of myself. Um, my life lessons about surround yourself with people you really like mm-hmm. and support them. I am not where I am without the phenomenal team that I have around me. The staff at Get Real Health is a blessing to me. They're more than a staff. They're my family. They do. I had COVID early in 2020. One of my staff members made sure I got a test when nobody could get a test. He called people. He made it happen. This is a team that we have, and they're shoulder to shoulders. When we were going through tough times, one of the guys said, 10 toes down. And I didn't really understand what they meant by that because it means we're standing with you. And if you can build an organization and be surrounded by people like that. So when we went to sell, we wanted to make sure we were going to the same kind of organization. Mm -hmm. I was not going to take my people and put them in some kind of icky place to work. We have built a culture that is important. And that's why people stay with me 14, 15, 16 years. It's not because we're paying the big bucks where they have the very best benefits in the whole wide world. It's because they know they're at a place they can grow and feed and be cared for. So my philosophy in life is don't let the little things get you down. Don't look backwards too much. Look forward and surround yourself with people that really care about you and support you. And you can get through anything. And remember, today's one day, tomorrow's another. And you will get through this. And just get get yourself a good old list of how next step, next step, next step, next step. And you will succeed and believe in yourself. It's hard to do sometimes, but try to believe in yourself. Beautiful, Robin. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Some tremendous insights. Sometimes the simplest things in life are the hardest, right? To surround yourself with great people. Sometimes it takes a long time to value yourself enough to do that. But thank you. Thank you for sharing uh, your story. It's a very inspirational one. And uh, I certainly wish you all the best of luck in all your future endeavors. And uh, please stay in touch. I'd love to. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. This This is fantastic. Really enjoy the conversation. Same here, Robin. Thank you very much. Take good care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Commander-in-Chief Podcast. To apply to be a guest on the show, head on over to CICmediagroup.com backslash guest. CIC is in Commander-in-Chief. So that's CICmediagroup.com backslash guest. These guys help us spread the word about the podcast and our mission on social media. We're cooking up something truly special over here, and we really need your help to spread the message. The reviews, especially, are huge for helping us grow and get the golden nuggets of wisdom from our world-class guests out into the world. Go on ahead, give us a review or rating on whichever platform you use to listen. Our mission at Commander Chief Media is to help 100 million people around the world in the next 10 years to do their life's best work in the here and now through storytelling, educational media, thought leadership, consulting, corporate training, coaching, speaking, and authentic high-quality writing, helping people to become their own commanders-in-chief. And before you go, please make sure to hit that subscribe button for us here at the Commander-in-Chief Podcast so that you can be the first to know when new episodes drop. Let's not be strangers, friend. Okay? Please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever you hang out. And of course, if you want to learn more about our work and impact, or just access some great content, got plenty of that, head on over to CICmediagroup.com. That's uh, CIC as in Commander-in-Chief, mediagroup.com. Once more, this is Yuri Kruman, 
and thanks for listening.